Hello and a big welcome to 119 Holtcast. Well, you know, we've, we're going for nearly 120 at the moment. I'm uh, James Rushton, your host as usual. I'm joined by Daniel Raza today. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well, James. How you doing, man? I'm good. All good, man. Um, Yeah, I've been hosting the Holtcast for about 10 episodes now. You know, it was Robert and Jack before, but yeah, I get to speak to delightful people by yourself and it's going to go for a long time if this carries on, mate. No, man, I appreciate it. The podcast's always very fun to uh, get involved in and I think it's great to... Uh... I think it's great to be able to talk all things Villa for a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've uh, hit an hour so far in the last two. And I mean, we haven't like waffled. I feel, I hope, I mean, if we get any feedback like we've waffled or, you know, went off on tangents, then yeah, fair enough. But I feel like we've just been uh, hitting the points. Do you know what, right? You can get a good hours in about Midlands football, right? You can get that on the radio. But what you also get on the radio is long conversations about Tony Pulis that we do not care about. So yeah, no. here, we've, here, here we go. We've got one all hour, or maybe even a little bit less, uh, dedicated to Aston Villa. And we're going to go through absolutely everything uh, that there is to talk about, aren't we, James? Yeah, mind everything that we get to talk about is going to be 100% Villa. We're not going to go on Blues, Wolves, even the opposition. We won't even focus much on them. We'll talk about the players, a good plan. We've got especially a good moment coming up uh, when we talk about Wednesday, you know, 18 seconds into a game. We'll get onto that. But yeah, all things Villa today. So let's get it started. How did we do midweek? We travelled up to Preston, Lancashire, expecting a big win. You you called a 4-0 victory, 4-1 victory, yeah, I didn't you? Yeah, victory. And I, I was watching the game with, with my dad as well, actually. Um, watching it on the telly, obviously. Um, but you know, I, I thought that we would kick on after scoring those two goals, but it was still comfortable, wasn't it? It was still comfortable. It might as well have been four, four nil or four one. Uh, the only thing that uh, I perhaps would have said is that uh, maybe a side like Wolverhampton Wanderers maybe would have gone on and pushed on and got that four one result or that five nil result, uh, and that that was the only thing that, that slightly disappointed me. But yeah, it was comfortable as I expected. Yeah, hey, two nil win away may as well be a four nil win. It's you know it's a big win, a big win away from home. You know, no threat from Preston whatsoever. We uh, did amazingly well, I feel, in that game. It was two nil. I'll take that any day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the thing, the thing that was the thing that was a bit funny to me about that game. Well, okay, I don't know if funny's the right word. But we said, obviously, at the start of the game that Preston were missing defenders. They were missing big players. Huntington was out. You know, there there are the centre-backs as well who we, you know, have been starting for them all season, also out. Uh, They started off the game with the... You could tell that they were lacking confidence, obviously, because they'd just come off that first home defeat as well. Um, And then... Mid we, uh, mid game, like almost halfway through, I think it was straight actually at half time, uh, we saw that uh, more of the defenders got injured. So uh, it certainly wasn't good for them at all. So um, it was it was routine for us, and there was no way that they could have troubled us really. One quite strange thing. I mean, I felt I was stumbling last week when I said, "Oh, Alan Hutton might start at left back." We thought there's no possibility, right? Neil Taylor's going to come back in. Um, Alan Hutton's been holding that left back position down. As I know, uh, he started against Preston left back, and he went on to the next match as left back. Uh, what's happening there? Yeah, I thought what was funny was that <laughs> I think after the game as well, because it was such a such a controlled performance from him, such a fantastic performance from him at left back. He was he was great. His positioning was on. He cut inside very well. Um, when when I say that, you know, he, he linked very well to the midfield. Hurahan was finding. Um, apologies, that's my phone over there. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Hurahan was obviously finding uh, finding a lot of passes coming in from from uh, from Alan Hutton as well um, throughout the game. But I thought what was really funny was we saw fans on Twitter, you know, coming up with some hilarious hilarious jokes throughout it as well. Basically, uh, I saw one saying that <laughs> Alan Hutton, the reason why he's he's looked so poor for the whole uh, for the whole duration of his time at Aston Villa is because he's been a left back all along. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and he's not allowed to use his feet, so he can't actually play any football. And as we know, he's a substandard foot, actual footballer. He's a great athlete, but uh, his footballing ability leaves uh, much to be desired. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, is he... Sorry, carry on. Yeah, is he Villa's left-back? Yeah, is he Villa's left-back going forward? Well, yeah, I mean... No, he's he's not. <laughs> he's, 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 he did well over there. He did well at left-back. He's good, he's good as somebody filling in. He is a right-back. Right, let, let's be honest. Uh, perhaps the reason he looked good is, you know, perhaps the, the reason uh, his crosses aren't so effective on the right-hand side uh, uh, because he's better, obviously, uh, swinging him in rather than swinging him out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's his thing. But no, I, I think the thing with Alan Hutton is he's he's obviously put a lot of focus into his performance at left-back. He's clearly been doing a lot of work with his positioning over there. I just wish that uh, when, he was playing right, when he's playing right-back... Um, he can be a little bit more consistent at times. I think one thing you see with Alan Hutton is 
he's got a lot of potential in the sense that he can pull off a fantastic performance. He can pull off a very controlled performance and win us games in some senses, you know, when, when, when he is on his, when he is on his game, but he, a lot like a lot of our players over the last few years or so seem to have long lapses of concentration where they do lose track of small things like positioning. And uh, I think that's been his problem in the past. As far as him being our main left back, you, you got to give it back to Neil, man. Yeah. I mean, um, a 2-0 victory away at Preston. Um, we'll hope for, hope for some changes in the future. There's two big moments. Speak about those two goals, of course. Um, first, mm. um, the corner from Snodgrass. That was a, a peach of a ball to James Chester. He found it too easy to head in. James Chester's first goal of the season, I believe. It was coming a long time coming. And uh, Robert Snodgrass, you know, he's the architect of that brilliant corner. Brilliant corner. Yeah, nice to see both John Terry and uh, James Chester getting, uh, getting on the goal sheet. Uh, uh, getting yeah, going getting on the goal sheet over the last few weeks, um, and Robert Snodgrass showing us essentially why we bought him. We we we've lacked a winger. We've lacked, in fact, I'd say even a, a playmaker who can deliver that kind of ball, who can pinpoint those kinds of free kicks and those kinds of set pieces and find uh, the big man in the box like James Chester or or, or like uh, even Jonathan Kajir at times. And Robert Snodgrass with that sweet left foot, he's showing why we did buy him. Perhaps we can see a uh, see a few more assists from him um, in the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fantastic delivery, and he's, he is capable of these things. You got to remember that with with Robert Snodgrass. Not too long ago, he was involved in a massive transfer fee over to West Ham. Yeah, I mean that's a, I don't want to go too far, but that is a world class left foot. He's got you know whatever's whatever's gone wrong in his career for him to reach the highest level consistently. Fair enough, but you know that left foot of his is something special. The way he played that ball in. That's a goal every time. If he can do pull that off every time, it's a goal every time. Brilliant ball in. Um, second goal for Villa come from him himself, Mister Snodgrass. What do you think of that effort? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, this is what I mean. He, he was on point today. He was on, he was on point. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to remember exactly how that how that ball went in. You, you, was it was it in? Uh, I think it was in. Yeah, yeah, it was either Anima or Davis won it deep. I believe it was Anima because uh, I think Davis ran in late. And uh, so as Davis is running in, Snodgrass is just unmarked in the in the middle of the box. Yeah, that was it. it in. That was Super it. Yeah. Effect, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, rem- I seem to remember Keenan Davis being an absolute nuisance. Uh, and essentially, there was the Preston defenders again. It was poor defending. You know, they, they did not mark Robert Snodgrass at all. Uh, he was he was absolutely free. Is and the and the, and the defenders obviously looked very confused. Uh, but what I will say is that it, it's good to see Robert Snodgrass. Uh, performing well because he's the kind of player that, that is a game changer he's the kind of player that we we have lacked over the last few years we haven't had that kind of midfielder but now what we've got is a doma on form and robert snodgrass um and i'd like to see these guys uh as and maybe emulate ashley young and uh and stuart downing in, in the years to come probably won't happen but um it, it reminded me of that finally a good sort of left-footed right right side midfielder and a good uh right-footed left side midfielder in our team well, the hard work is certainly there. Let's just see if the talent is. Um, as for the man of the match in this match, um, it could only be one man, and he didn't get in the score sheet, but it was Keenan Davis, absolutely everywhere, lone striker, linked the play up perfectly, and was a real handful. He should have been, He probably should have been sent off. He was getting into a few spats, and that was after he had a yellow card. Steve Bruce made the wise decision to take him off. But yeah, Davis is the man of the match. Can you argue with that at all? I would have given it to Snodgrass. Honestly, I mean that's just purely because of purely because of how well he played and and how, and how much he influenced the the game and he and he did absolutely take the Mickey out of the Preston defense. But I, I have to say, yeah, fair play to Keenan Davis. He started up top on his own, didn't he? It was Onoma right behind him, if I'm if I if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, yeah, he was leading leading the, the midfield behind him, spearheading. Right, exactly, and, and and always when you have got a a player like him at his sort of age, twenty. I believe he is at the moment, 19 or 20 years old. And you're asking him to lead that attack on his own. And let's be honest, he hasn't got an established playmaker behind him. Uh, for him to pull out that kind of performance and still control that game. And him himself as well, taking the mickey out of his defenders. Like like I said, that goal that Snodgrass scored, he was causing an absolute nuisance. I have to hand it to him. Keenan Davis is, is looking the real deal. And he's constantly putting in these performances. And even if he isn't scoring goals, as long as he's doing something, as long as he's um, as long as he's drawing defenders in, as long as he's being a nuisance, uh, you know he, he deserves to be he deserves to be playing. And um, kudos to him for that. But as you say, it was a good performance from him. And uh, 
he, he was an he was an absolute uh, hassle for him to deal with. Yeah, more on Keenan Davis. A story broke this week that um, him and his agent were in a negotiating quote unquote battle with Aston Villa. It's since come out from uh, Keith Wyness and some of Keenan Davis's friends and ex colleagues. Now, that's not the truth. They're simply negotiations about a contract. Um, apparently, from what the, what the story said, Villa were refusing to pay Davis and his party the twenty grand a week he was asking for. Pay the man, surely. Pay the man. Yeah, but you've got to, you've got to just, you've got to hide it just a little bit, haven't you? You know, you've got to. You've... Yeah, you've got to have something under your, your sleeve, haven't you? You can't just give everyone what they want. Eventually, that might be the case that everyone in the team gets what they want, but it's certainly got to go through stages of whether it's the right deal, whether his actual value to the team is 20 grand a week. I think it's more than that, mm. personally. But yeah, this is how negotiations work. And somehow the story's come out. It's been, you know, it's had cold water thrown on it. And unfortunately, I think it might be the work of uh, the the agent on the party trying to make something happen. But yeah, I think he's going to get he's going to get the contract sorted. If if Hepa Murphy and Callum O'Hare can get theirs sorted, the main man Keenan Davies can. So yeah, but sure what would have happened if we'd if we'd given Nathan Delfonso a twenty uh, a twenty grand con- contract? Do you remember him? He was our last young striker who was who was really turning it on. Played well for a few weeks. You know, got uh, got under the opposition skin on a consistent basis for 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 a few months. In fact, as well, scored a few goals. What happened to him? He dropped off, right? Yeah, he's that's he's that Swindon is he, is he now. Swindon? So, so it didn't really, yeah, it didn't really turn out brilliantly for him. No, sorry to Swindon. I'm not slacking you off at all, but yeah, um, it's not a. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And did, did you hear what I'm saying though? I mean, like, he's he's a young striker. Yeah, all right, he's he's performing well. He scored a few goals over the last few weeks. Great. But he's not Marcus Rashford. He's not Marcus yeah. Rashford, right? He's a young striker who's come through at the championship level. It's not the Premier League, right? And this, I mean, this isn't this isn't something to you know to 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 basically um, crap on the championship essentially. But my, my point is, you do get strikers like him coming through. It does happen every now and then, but you don't know if they are the real deal until they've been putting it on um, for a consistent basis. There's no point talking about contracts yet. It's not even January. Give it till January. See what happens at that point, right? If it comes to February, albeit, you know, um, it will be a little bit late, but we'll still have plenty of time. There's no rush to give this guy a contract. Do you know what I mean? He's got he's got to keep it going. He's got to have something to play for. I mean, I remember when Andy Wyman got given a contract. He absolutely turned off, didn't he? As soon as he got given yeah. it. Yeah, it's a motivating factor to the carrot on the end of the stick, isn't it? I mean, there was that one year when Wyman was playing out his skin and Inter Milan came in for him. <laughs> What's happening now? I mean, he, yeah, he's a good player, uh, but, you know, people were circling around him. The big clubs were circling. And then when the form drops off, they drop off as well. Was that Wyman? Yeah, that was Wyman, yeah. yeah. Flipping it, man. Yeah, no, but it's, I can count. I can count like on my on my, on my my fingers, you know, the amount of, amount of young promising strikers we had come through who who have dropped off at this point. And like, I, I've got no problem with somebody like Keenan Davis, obviously trying to negotiate a better deal. That's fair enough. That's in his own interest. But as a club, right, as as a team, you need to understand that uh, the team comes first, isn't it? And there's no need to be hassling around with, with one player. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it is the case that, that Keenan Davis is is trying to hold the club hostage. It's it's news, isn't it? It's 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 a slow um it's a slow news week at the moment, isn't it? That's probably what it is. You know, not an awful lot has happened over the last few weeks in terms of important games, you know, since the blues since the blues match. So um I, I don't I don't necessarily believe everything that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, of course, Keenan Davis's contract is gonna be a point of discussion. And yeah, it's gonna take a while to sort out because rightly so he should get paid a sum of money for what he's worth. But yeah, the club's got to assess his value and find out if it's right. And if it isn't, they plan for the season. I'll put it this way. They plan for the season without thinking about Keenan Davis. I was thinking Ross McCormack, Gabby Barnhorst, Scott Hogan and Jonathan Codger. Keenan Davis come through and he broke through. That's great. But they'd do just as well without him. Yeah, well, it's, you know, there's no point panicking, is there? Look, at, look how many, you just named all of those strikers. How many championship goals um, uh, you know, exist between our strike force? Oh, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> enough to get us promoted, I guess. But yeah, um, I mean, I don't think I think a lot of people see that story and go, "Oh, it's gone to Davis's head." That's not the case at all. I think you know, if you're if you're playing well, you you start that discussion, don't you? You'd be out of your mind to not 
just start that discussion, wouldn't you? You would, you know, if you think you're worth more money than you are, you got to get paid. And if it takes to the end of the season, yeah, that's fine. But the story's broke out. It's been a fad cold water thrown on it. But people shouldn't be gunning for Davis like they did for uh, Hepburn Murphy. That was a completely different situation. And um, where as one kid hasn't played much for the first team and neither has. No, definitely. The Hepburn Murphy situation was almost a bit of, and I've got, uh, I'm not saying that there's anything to take away from Hepburn Murphy over here. He's a good, he's a good yeah. player and hopefully, hopefully he does break through for us. But the Hepburn Murphy situation was more of a, of a Twitter overreaction, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, yeah. It was, it was embarrassing on all accounts. It, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was finding reasons to have a go at Bruce, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, Hepburn Murphy probably shouldn't have got as much as he ended up getting. Um, B, people shouldn't be harassing a young player based on the contract. <laughs> And C, um, you know, Aston Villa probably shouldn't be even giving out contracts to people who haven't played a first team game in two years. No, exactly. So yeah, yeah. It, 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 what I'll say is, if Davis gets paid, that's fine. If he doesn't, that's fine. Because Villa will sort it out. If he's the best man for the team, and I believe he is, then uh, that's sort it out. So yeah, no problem with that. Um, going on forward, then from Preston, uh, did it live up to expectations? I mean, you did say four 0 but we'll take the two 0 right. No, we'll take... we, won't be, uh, we won't be unhappy with that. No, we won't be unhappy with it. I, I, I'm not. I'm not one for moaning. You, you, know, you know, I'm not. But um, nah. I think sometimes I I do look at the team and, and just wonder whether there's a little bit more hunger left in them. Um, and quite easily, if it wasn't Preston, if we'd have taken that lead and let we did put the handbrake on just a little bit, yeah, Preston didn't punish us, and there was no there was no way they were going to. It didn't look like they were going to anyway. But another side, yeah. another side would have come back at us and punished us for that. We did the same thing after we went up, right? We sat back and and and, and it's, yeah, I know it's all about the winning and it's about getting those three points. I'm not trying to act like a Manchester United fan over here and talk about boring football, but it's it's just a fundamental thing that that seems to be happening with us in every single game. Score the goal, sit back, and just kind of hope for things to, to sort themselves out over the course of 90 minutes. What happened was we were that much stronger than Preston and Preston's defence was that dire, like stripped to the absolute bare bone that we managed to get a 2-0 victory. And I'm telling you right now, James, if that was Wolverhampton Wanderers, if that was another side, that game would have been 4 or 5-0. Brentford scored three goals against them on the weekend and uh, that was a that was a stronger defence that they had then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, but then, then again, it's Aston Villa. We don't, we never live up to expectations much, and I think we take, we do take the victory there. Moving on, then Sheffield Wednesday. We both predicted mm. a victory in this game. That's exactly <laughs> the opposite of what happened, and it could have happened worse, could it, Daniel? It could have happened any worse. Um, a goal from Adam Reach within eighteen seconds against Villa. And it, you, you can talk at length about the effort if you want. Yeah, what can you do about it? Like. I, all I gotta say is, you know, flipping well done to you, Adam Reach. What a strike that was! It was yeah. absolutely beautiful. It was beautiful, right? You don't see those kinds of deliveries struck. You just um, no, you don't see those kinds of you don't see those kinds of goals. Um, uh, yeah, maybe you see them once or twice a season, and I'm talking all throughout the the Premier League and the Championship in terms of the football which is shown on television. But you know that was that was quite an effort, <laughs> mate. Absolute screamer. Um, Sam Johnston clearly wasn't expecting it. He'll learn from that, surely. I mean, he's not going to save it anyway, but at least being in the position next time would go a little bit a long way. But yeah, you know, I can't fault him for not thinking, oh, I'm not going to get shot at within 10 seconds of the game. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's in. Uh, John Terry was fouled in the build-up. The referee on the day was piss poor, but those things happen. It's football we've grown to expect that you know there's human error involved we have to take it on the chin and uh that doesn't take away from that absolute stupendous effort from adam reach 18 seconds in perfectly placed fast as hell powerful as hell straight in the top corner um game over from and the that funny point, thing right? about that as well was that it dipped right it dipped and it still went into the top corner it's it, it's it's not like it it's not like it, it it was shot in a in a straight trajectory was it it dipped into the top corner i don't even know how that's possible i'm pretty sure i need to get the physics book out for that but uh it was it, it was a hell of a strike but yeah I, I, it shouldn't have been game over if i'm totally honest with you um yeah what what i will say if we're making excuses is that 
there were obviously a lot of guys out injured and so it was an uphill battle. But what that should have done was spurred the players on to, to really sort of make Sheffield Wednesday struggle. But that's not what happened, right? What what I saw, especially from the highlights, if you, if you look back, every single time the defence was... Um, every single def- time the defense was um, w- 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 was pushed on by Sheffield Wednesday, they they just seemed to panic, and um, you know we just weren't up for their fast pace of uh, fast pace of football. They controlled the game, um, and it just never looked like we were gonna we we're gonna get back into it. It sounds stupid, Daniel, but if someone scores in the first eighteen seconds against you, surely it it seems like. It's harder for them almost because there's 89 minutes and 42 seconds where they've got to defend a lead for. And defending a lead, is it's a difficult position. You don't want to be in that position because it throws the tactics out the window. Um, but for some reason, it, like you said, it shouldn't be game over. It should be an impetus for Villa to go, OK, freak goal. We've got a whole game to play. That whole game, we've just got a handicap of yeah, minus one. No, we've just you reckon go if that it. was us, Steve Bruce would have taken off Davis and brought on another defender, gone five at the back. <laughs> probably, what, probably what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you put Davis straight at centre back. I think. I mean, you know, it's, it's the opposite of what happened with Samba. We'll get into what happened with Samba actually later. But um, when someone scores a goal like that against you, a sometimes there's nothing you can do, but b it should be an impetus to get your your sea legs under you and go for it. And Villa didn't do that at all. They actually look shell shocked, and part of that is because their best players were qu- clearly unfit. John Terry mm. was struggling throughout the game. Robert Snodgrass was playing with two broken ribs, if I understand correctly, and he had to be taken off. So two injuries in the first half. The mm. first one we'll come on to is quite a shocking injury for John Terry. Broken metatarsal is believed, as of recording, believed to be, which is a six to twelve yeah. week injury. Yeah, this is the, it's, 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 it's really bad, isn't it? Because we, I, I mean, our defensive effort has been has been very very good over the last. Uh, over the last few games. In fact, I'd even say, go as far as saying, you know, consistently over the last two months, our defensive efforts have been fantastic. That 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 partnership of Chester and, De- and Terry is now upset, right? And and now we need to find another partner. And I'm not sure who that partner is going to be for, for James Chester, which is, which is obviously something which we should be able to deal with looking at our squad. But I hate to say I told you so, right? This is why we needed squad rotation. This is why we needed to give game time to other players, and and now we're going to struggle for it without our captain and without you know the best player in our team uh, being available for us. And you don't know how long he's going to be on uh, be out for if something's broken. To be honest, yeah, I mean we'll go. We'll have a little interval here of speaking about centre backs. I feel because it needs to be said. Um, a lot of people say, "Oh, we shouldn't." This is why you don't sell Nathan Baker. But the fact is, Nathan Baker has to leave because we signed John Terry. Um, we weren't going to play three at the back, which would have been a brilliant idea if we had, you know, if we wanted to and had Nathan Baker, James mm. Chester, and John Terry. But we didn't do that, and thus Baker has to leave. You can't stop him. But the pro- the the issue is now that we have an old, well, an aging centre back who is out with an injury, which could it could be a career end at his age. We don't know. But we also don't know how fast he'll recover from it because he has shown that he's a no, freak I, of fitness. No, you know, that's the, it. And I think Chelsea's there. medical staff are very, very well known for, for being absolutely on point, aren't they? And they they, they know what they're doing. Um, you know, maybe maybe what we need to do is 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 get Eva Canero back. You know, she knows John Terry. Uh, bring her in till the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can get him fit again. But... Um, no, you know, um, I think what what worries me now is that you say we've got an aging centre-back out. Now we've got Chris Samba who's got to come back in. And I do honestly wonder whether he's going to be, uh, whether he's, I mean, in fact, it's not just Chris Samba. I'm, I'm looking at all our centre-backs. They're all aging. Chris Samba, uh, Tommy Elphick, and also Mika Richards as well. Are any of those players going to be fit enough or even uh you know, prepared enough to be able to come in and play competitive football for us. No one to the degree of uh, John Terry. No, Mika Richards, uh, I believe, is out with a chronic injury. Um, it's yeah, it's uh, gone under the radar a bit, but I've seen a uh, John Percy of the Telegraph report on it a few times. I've seen the BBC say it as well, and uh, Football Three Six Five. Uh, I don't know what his chronic injury is, but there's a reason he hasn't been in the team, and it's not like he's an asshole. It's the fact <laughs> that you know. He is suffering from an, a, a serious injury, whatever it may be. Because I haven't even seen him in, in any of the team footage, you know, the, the videos they have. You know, he's completely disappeared from the training camp. Um, as for 
Chris Samba. Uh, Chris Samba will go on to later more about his performance, but he did settle into the game quite well, despite being at fault for their second goal. He did uh, become, you know, quite a weapon at the back. He was winning every ball, and he, he was moved up front later on. But he, when the ball is played on the floor, he's got no chance at all, and that's not any fault of his. It's just that it's Chris Samba. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have the legs he used to have. Uh, he, he's a massive threat. He, he's, he's been a world-class centre-back in the back. But it's, uh, it's age catches up with Yeah, you. but you know what? This is why... You know, this is this is why we need to concentrate on obviously being a strong side from the air. If we're if we're gonna have uh, the sort of defenders which which might get paced out, that's fine. But we need to then obviously um, have a more physical style of play. And I think I think our, our style of play does suit having those kinds of defenders, which is fair enough because John Terry's not exactly the fastest either. I mean, I don't know how many times John Terry's you know stopped a stopped a pacey forward who's who's broken through the defense. You know, that's 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 nothing to say he's a bad defender. It's just what he's used to, and you know. What what I find funny about the whole Nathan Baker situation, right? And and people people getting upset that we sold Nathan Baker. What people seem to forget is that I mean, even with Kieran Clark as well. What people seem to forget is that you know, whilst I mean, I'll, I'll call it the Lambert era. During the Lambert era, you know, during the the era in which we got relegated, and obviously, um, you know, the the bad years that we had, our defense has been an absolute liability, and Nathan Baker was a part of that, right? fantastic you know with the ball in the air but when it comes to when it comes to you know defending on the ground got absolutely ripped for it so you tell me what Chris Samba has I mean do you tell me what Nathan Baker has that Chris Samba doesn't because Chris Samba is one of the strongest players we have in the air and that's why he gets uh put on up front yeah because he wins the ball and he does it in defense but it's just when he's getting you know when there's Barry Bannon Jordan Rhodes and Adam Adam reach around him, pinging passes around him. He can't do anything. But no, there's not many defenders in the world who can, who are that mobile, who can, you know, disrupt a triangle of a triangle passing movement around them. Um, we've also got Tommy Alfic to worry about. Would he slot in straight at centre back for you, or is he a, a non-factor in this? You, you, you know, the thing is, I, I know who I'd pick at centre back, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure you, you'll be prepared for my answer, or whether you'll um, whether you'll. Decide. I know what you're going to say. I think. Are you going to say Asa Solomon? Nah, but I mean, fair you're enough. not going to say Asa. I'm not going to do that, right? I'm not. I'm not going to say give it to give it to a kid, right? Maybe maybe give Asa Solomon a game. I mean, heck, this is the thing. This is what I was saying. What what I was saying about obviously you know, giving players game time because otherwise otherwise they're not going to be prepared for it. Uh, you know, in fact, we may as well play him because um, he's going to have the same issue that this is a genuinely genuinely good centre back as yeah, well. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. No, we should... <laughs> sorry, carry on. Yeah, I mean, we saw it. In, he's a, he scores from set pieces. He's just an aerial threat. He's strong. He's fast. He's mobile. And what's more, Neil Taylor was the first British Asian player to play for Villa. But Asa Suleiman will go a long way for representation. And the fact that he'll be the first Islamic player to play for Aston Villa, and I think that's amazing. Well, not the first Islamic player say. because we've had Kodja. <laughs> we've had Kodja, but we've had the you know the first British Islamic player, and that's amazing. And you know, he's it's not just a token player. He's an incredible athlete, incredible footballer. It's time to bring these players through, like we did with Davies. Oh, and maybe. also the thing with Issa Solomon is he's got a, he's got a left foot on him as well, so he can fill in at left back, right? So Alan Hutton, you know, you haven't just got Neil Taylor breathing down your neck. You got Issa Solomon there as well, and yeah, no, he's he's a good player and he's also a leader. I believe he's captain the captain the reserves. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, uh, but obviously he's played for played for various England youth teams as well. Uh, but what I was gonna say was I'd prefer somebody like Richie Delate to come in than than Tommy Elphick. Um, what what, no, it's not a surprise, what I see from Tommy Elphick is a player who has actually been broken confidence-wise. He's barely played this season, and um, I just can't see him coming in and doing uh, and doing well for us. Our team seems to run on confidence and, and and motivation. You know, we we see that players who've been left out the side for a long time never seem to make it back in the team. Never seem to have that second wind in them, their second life. Um, I reckon Richie Delay is the kind of man we need to bring in right now anyway. He's mobile, he's good with his feet, and he's good in the air. Uh, he's, I think he's the guy that we need alongside James Chester, if I'm totally honest with you. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of problems with depth in the fact that we don't use our players. Uh, I mean, Al Mohamed, he's been a, a constant starter. We've had Alan Hutton dipping in and out of the team. Snodgrass has kept it down. Adoma's kept it down. Uh, Codger and Davis have constantly started. But when the player loses their slot in the team, they're done. Bakuna lost his uh, slot on the first game of the season, was shipped out instantly. Lansbury lost it after injury. He's disappeared. 
You know, they ne- they never seem to come. We never seem to do any rotation. And we're paying the price right now. Snodgrass broke his ribs. And not Onama's out. Um, John Terry's broke his foot. It's only a matter of time before Al Mohamed slips him in injury. Davis is knackered, and he was. Bruce has admitted that Davis has been carrying injuries while been playing him. Um, we need to learn these lessons quick. Otherwise what a we're silly get thing ruined. to admit as well. What an absolutely silly thing to admit. You, like you're, you're gonna you're gonna take on the next the next side or maybe after the international break. I don't know exactly who it is, right? QPR, QPR. All right, that's fair enough. Um, they're just a, a bunch of overplayed, overpaid, uh, overpaid <laughs> players, aren't they? At this point, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure what QPR are like at this point. Uh, but like, no. Well, I mean, there's, there's no point saying that kind of thing, is there? But it is a problem, and I, I got to hammerheads with quite a few people on Twitter this week by saying, "Look, this is why we need rotation." And pe- you know that what what I do here is why change why change a winning team, right? But a winning team is no longer going to be a winning team if they're forced to make changes, and you know the the, the lads who step in haven't had game time and and aren't and aren't prepared for playing competitive football, right? You always need to have those options available, and in fact, right. To some degree, right? You need to be ready to change your team up depending on the opposition, regardless of whether there's injuries or not, right? You need to be able to you need to be able to play different sides with with different systems and play different players in in different positions depending on depending on who's out injured for the other side, for example, right? And and we we haven't seen that at all from from Villa. The only time that Steve Bruce has actually made changes is when he's put out a poor side and he's been forced to been forced to replace the the players. Yeah, um, there's problems with us. Look, we go a lot on about Bruce out, Bruce in and all that. And it's just winning matches is absolutely brilliant. It's why he's there. But it's also about correct use of resource. And the fact is that we are seeing players now pick up injuries and then get played with said injuries. Robert Snodgrass should never have started yesterday's game if he had two broken ribs, like he's reported. Why would you start a player with two broken ribs? That's absolutely otherworldly levels of insane. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, you, you aggravate these injuries, two broken ribs turns into, God forbid, a punctured lung or something like that. You know, you've got problems. You've got serious problems. The issue we have there is, right, so who do you play instead of him? Green's injured. Grealish is injured. Yeah, we we know he's back in training, but yeah, like, like you know, this is, goes in the same way. You don't just start a player as soon as they've come back and expect them to play 90 minutes. There's no Who else do you play on that right-hand side? I mean... Well, maybe you have to adjust the formation, I guess. You know, you have to either use the personnel you've got for your system or slightly adapt or tweak your system to suit the personnel you have. You know, it's good management. And Steve Bruce, I mean, I think he's a good manager when everything's falling into place for him. But now we're going to see things not go his way. And this will be the true test of his time at Aston Villa coming up. Well, this, is, this will be the test of our metal now, right? And obviously it happens. Right throughout a season, you're gonna get challenges. It's never gonna go all hunky dory throughout the throughout the whole you know nine or ten months of of football that, that that we that we do get to see. It's not a reason for us to panic, right? We've still got a good record at this point. We didn't get thrashed by Sheffield Wednesday. We lost two one, right? It there's still there's still a good basis for us to build on over here and. What we do have to remember is that we had a massive, massive shake-up this week in terms of all those injuries. We've got the international break. Perhaps that's going to help us a little bit. Perhaps some of these players are going to come back. You know, perhaps Snodgrass will be will be fully fit by the by the time it's over, uh, and we'll be, we'll be able to run with it again. But do you know what? Right, if this means that that players like um, Issa Suleiman, like you say, or, or or guys like Callum O'Hare get more experience and get more of a run out. This might seem to help us in the long term, especially coming towards the uh, towards the final few months of the season. You know, we're going to need these kinds of guys in the team. Yeah, big, big issues that seem to be hanging around uh, Aston Villa. I mean, in regards to fitness, injuries and squad selection. Um, we stuck with the same team for a long time, didn't we? And I think we've run into issues because of that. Um, John Terry mainly, you know, out for God knows long. But that, as I'll say now, if Aston Villa struggle because they are missing John Terry, do, do they actually deserve to be in a promotion hunt? I mean, if you if one player sinks your promotion hunt, a centre back, you know that's that's a must, isn't it? That's that's a problem of our, our own making. No one. No, we is. wouldn't. We I don't think that we'd would mess up on the basis of John Terry not not being there, right? I think we've got to give a lot of plaudits to James Chester, 
right? There's there's been a lot of times this season when we've seen something happen in the defense, and you automatically automatically assume it's John Terry, and the camera zooms in, and the, or uh, or you know you, you you see the back of his shirt, and you realize it's James Chester who's done the defensive work over there, right? He's done fantastically as well, right? Let's not forget yeah. the problem is going to be finding that other defender, that new guy who steps in right and steps up to the plate and puts in proper performances right what we've lacked is leadership but i do think we have more leaders on the pitch now perhaps with that being said and done you know we might be able to have somebody in for for john terry who does a good job and you know what maybe that man is chris samba you know i i i haven't seen chris samba put in a a bad performance just yet okay i know i know he has he has made a couple of errors right which which have obviously kind of you know, led to goals. But the thing I will say with him is that he does play with passion, and for for the most part, he does seem to does seem to do well for us when he does play. Yeah, and I mean, Samba yesterday, he has played up front. I think the first game of the season was weird when we put Samba up front. Um, you know, it seemed desperate move, especially in a one-one. But yesterday, it made a bit of sense, and you know, I can't take that away from Steve Bruce because he was a handful. He it was bundling into people, winning foul, you know, <laughs> fouling people up front. He got a goal. You know, you, you can't argue if that's vindicated the decision. The decision's right. If Samba, you put Samba up front to score a goal, and he scores a goal, and you're all good. Yeah, on listen, man. You know, the thing, the thing is, we we brought him on because he needed we needed guys up in the air. I mean, this is this is this is one of the issues that we have had. You know, we we don't have a big man up front. We we saw yesterday, never replaced him. Uh, brought in, yeah. We, we, I think we were talking before before we went on air. You know, we had Scott Hogan uh, brought in last January. Was it January? I can't remember. Yeah, it was January. Yeah, we brought him basically only uh, almost a year ago. He's been here. Oh right, okay. Only uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So January twenty seventeen, we bought him. So yeah, that yeah, was just it. about ten months ago or so. That yeah. was it. We brought him in, and it, it didn't make much sense, but. Um, you know, this is uh, this is the thing. Maybe Samba will score a couple of goals for us. You got to remember, uh, I I once sat down and watched Crystal Palace take on Wolves in a cup game, and Danny Butterfield scored a hat trick for them, and he was a fullback, right? Maybe Chris Samba is going to be scoring the goals for us up front. You never know. Maybe maybe the answer is to stick Alan Hutton up there when we're missing somebody. Yeah, that's uh, that maybe that maybe that's his new role now. But if I'm totally serious, uh. Him being brought on as a striker did seem a bit weird to me and just a bit desperate. You shouldn't have to be relying on him to do it. Uh, he did score a goal, though, so what can I say? Yeah, exactly. The decision's been uh, proven to be right, I guess, if he does what he's there for. Um, so wrap it, we wrapped up that Sheffield Wednesday game. We wrapped up Preston. Big story broke today. That Aston Villa... No, I say big story. So the truth of this, we're not sure, because it is the sun. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like... There could be truth to what they're saying. There couldn't be, but they claim that four first-team players have been transfer-listed by Aston What's Villa. What's the actual headline? What's um, the actual headline that they've gone with? Steve Blue's plotting to sell four first-team players. I love that. So, uh, yeah, it's not like a plot. He's told them it's not a secret. <laughs> not a secret. But um, if it's true, it means that Henry Lansbury. Not a surprise. James Bree, big surprise. Scott Hogan, not a surprise. And Jack Grealish is the big That's an incredible move if we sell Jack Grealish. Could be sold. Um, Bruce wants to raise transfer money because he wants to buy players. Um, what do you think of this? Um, I mean, we should be... Henry Lansbury probably could go. Scott Hogan probably could go. But James Bree and Jack Grealish, incredible decisions to let them leave. Yeah, you say decisions, but like, how much truth is in it, right? Grealish gets linked away every single... Yeah, I mean, he he gets linked away every single window. I don't, I'm not sure how much truth is in it, right? But Grealish is injured. He's not played a single game this season, right? So, oh, but he did come back last yesterday. Sorry, I know, I know, not many people saw it on the highlights, but he come back for ten minutes yesterday. And was he was decent? He was decent, but yeah. Uh, apart from that, um, he hasn't yeah, played no, a game of course, this season. But, you know, this is it. I, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to count those last ten minutes when when we're when we're minutes, down two yeah. nil. It's as if he's going to as if he's going to yeah, be able course. to show his, his his creative spark at you know at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and I think that's just somebody being lazy, isn't it? It's lazy journalism. Oh look, Jack Greenish is is barely played for Villa this season, not understanding that he's been injured all season. Right, you've got also Henry Lansbury. He's another player. I believe he has been injured, hasn't he? For 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 parts of this season. He has been injured, yes, but um, has Henry Lansbury ever looked decent for Villa? 
as well, which no, is a big pro- question. Probably not. I mean, that that is that is a fair point. But uh, the other thing with Lansbury is perhaps he needs somebody like Whelan or or Jedinak alongside him. You know, Hurahan and Lansbury together in midfield. If we're playing four four two, it's they're not the, the two of them together is not going to work, right? Uh, perhaps perhaps he needs a little bit more of a chance. But if we're going to replace him, then you know, who are we going to replace him with? Is it going to be an attacking midfielder? Is it going to be a central midfielder who's who's going to drive us forward? I mean, there's a couple of names in the Premier League I'd I'd look at certainly, uh, but then yeah, uh, who's the other one? Scott Hogan. That one makes sense to me. He's not performed well for yeah. us. It's not that he's a poor player. He's a good player. He's incredibly fast, but uh, he just doesn't suit us. Not working. Just not working for whatever reason. It's just not working. He can't get a goal. And- it's no fault of his own. It's just not abs- it's, it's just no way it's no, working. And I, I think the other thing with him is he, don't don't we usually only have him on in in, in cup games and and say games where we're actually on, yeah. on a bad run of form. I mean, uh, we, he grabbed his I think his second or third start of the season. Yes, he put, he started for us alongside Davies. Just uh, but um, he did look good. Like I will admit, he pressed. Um, he tried to win balls. He he did make chances. But he's not going to start over Kodja or Davis. No, I suppose. He? Mm. It's not. It's no. It's just difficult. Uh, I don't know he what really sort of is. system we could play to accommodate him. Uh, you know the way that we play. After our yeah, it's not just that, but you know what, what we have to <laughs> understand and what we have to settle with is that we do play long ball, right? I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and criticize it, but we do play long ball, right? And unless you've got a big man up there alongside Scott Hogan. It's never going to work, um, and he's not the striker we needed to sign when we signed yeah. him. You know, we needed we needed somebody bigger. We needed somebody who was going to be a danger in the box, and unfortunately, uh, we 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 since January at least we've been stuck with four or five strikers who do pretty much the same sort of job, uh, and it's a shame really because yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking at looking at the guys that we have in McCormack and Hogan, and just think that. There's a lot of potential in there to be banging in goals because they've always done it in the past for other teams. What is strange, what is really strange, is that we buy Russ McCormack, Scott Hogan for 12, 15 million, and then we moan the season after that we are now restricted by financial fair play. You know, we we saw this, it didn't come out of nowhere. This situation did not come out of nowhere, this financial fair play situation, Daniel. And we've made this, we have made this by buying Henry Lansbury, by buying Jamesbury, by buying Scott Hogan. No, we don't have. To, now we have to. We're in a position where we we are looking to sell these players, if true, and uh, that's uh, that's sad. It's 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 a sad state that we've put ourselves in. No, but it shouldn't be, should it? Yeah, you've got to persist. You've got to persist. Like bringing in talented players is not going to is change. not going. To, it's change everything straight away. Exactly right. The club was rotten to the core. Right, it needed time. It needs time for these players to settle in and start doing a job. Right, Ross McCormack, obviously. You know, he, he he's a player that plays on confidence. He looks a lot like Wayne Rooney at times in that he gets frustrated when when there's games that, that we go and and we're not doing well. But that's not just his fault. That's that's the rest of the team around him not pull not uh pulling their socks up. I'd love to see Ross McCormack get thrown back into this side now where we are scoring goals and where we have got some creativity going, right? Have we seen Ross McCormack play alongside Snodgrass and uh, and the Domer on our, on either side? We, we we haven't you know we 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 saw him last season when we had a serious lack of um a serious lack of playmakers right we 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 ended up playing gabby on the wing a lot of uh, a lot of games if i remember as well and um we need to persist with them a little bit more i almost feel like steve bruce makes decisions at times which are almost aiming to gain him popularity um rather than Rather than considering the needs of the players and the and, and the squad around him, uh, as far as Henry Lansbury goes, he he he's a kind of player which has gone missing. I, I'll I'll give him that, um, but the the answer to all this is not is not to just start selling them all uh, straight away. We had good midfielders before we sold them, um, and I am of course talking about Gay and 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 Vertu. Um, obviously, we've had to take a step down, so that's that's something there, but. You know, when when it comes to players like James Bree and it comes to you spending that kind of money on them, you got to look at them as an adve- as an investment. You got to see what they can do in 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 the years to come. You can't just get rid of them and give up on them right away. 
No, of course not, of course not. But yeah, we have come to the um, start of another international break. So international football will take over for a week or so now. Mm-hmm. And that means we wrap up another chapter of an Aston Villa season, Daniel. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is please award your player of the month, your player of the chapter even, of uh, for October in these last two matches. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, What, the last two matches? Okay. Um, well, the, the, the month involving the last two matches, sorry. So October through November. I'm going I'm going to give it Keenan Davis. I'm I'm absolutely going to give it to him because he stepped up to the plate, hasn't he? Right? He he started scoring goals and when when Jonathan Codger hasn't been performing, he's been there, right? And and what he's given us is an absolute focal point up front. It means that the play, that the that the the players around him are are suddenly suddenly lighting up a little bit. Adoma and and Snodgrass have something to aim at, uh, and and, and they they've got something to move forward with, um, and I'm I just feel as though a young player like him coming into the team and and, and having the sort of effect that he has done, um, and basically doing better than than uh, Codger obviously this season because of his injury, uh, but also better than the likes of Ross McCormack, Gabby Egbonlohor, and Scott Hogan in in terms of making an impact, um, and. There's no one else really I can I can see um, who I can give this to other than him. Fair enough. Any any runner up? Anyone who come close? I don't know. You said there's any, no one oh. else you could see, but no. You know, I think Terry's had a very good month as well. But I almost feel like it's a cheat giving it to him. I think our defense has looked good this uh, this month. I, I, I will say that. I know there's been games where we have conceded goals, but um, I think we could have we could have conceded a lot more. I think that defensively we've looked incredibly strong, right? And, you know, especially in games where we've had to sit back and had to soak up a lot of pressure. John Terry's come to our aid so many times and we've looked fantastic in terms of, you know, one one problem that we've had over the last few seasons is that we've been awful uh, in terms of conceding set pieces and, and not being able to deal with balls coming into the box. Uh, but he's done an incredible job this this month, and I'm going to give it to him. Unfortunately, he's uh, going to be off for a while, so I won't be able to give it to him for a, for a few months. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, our other award we have on the Hulkcast is the must-do-better. Uh, previously, 20 <laughs> Alan Hutton, that type of player. Um, who would you give it to this? I mean, it is like the worst award to give, but who is your must-do-better for uh, the last month Oh, or this so? feels mean, man. Oh, well, you have to do it. We gave it to Glenn Whelan last month, and he did all right until yesterday. I was about, I, I was thinking about about Glenn Whelan as well. I was, I was, I was thinking... yeah. You can give it to him again if you want. Like, I don't. I hope he doesn't listen. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> get quite upset. But you know, he has been playing pretty shit sometimes. So yeah, you know, he'll know. I'm that. gonna give it Codger. I'm gonna give it Jonathan Codger. I'm not sure how. He's been out. He's been out injured. That's really unfair. When you've come in, you've come here, yeah, and you've said, you know, this sounds mean. You the award must be better to a player who's out yeah, but, injured. The way he got he got himself injured again was 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 just silly, right? He he's, he overexerted himself, but by by not using the players around him. I'm gonna say the same thing I've said to Jonathan Codger for ages, right? The guy's great, right? He 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 knows how to score goals. He knows where the net is, but he needs to start you know, being a little bit more aware of the players around him. And I think we need to start attacking more as a unit. That's one thing we've lacked. I think now with Snodgrass and Adoma on um, on the wing playing well uh, playing well again, and obviously with Davis being being new in the side, um, it does look like we're, we're finally starting to get something going. But um, I'd like to see Jonathan Godger be a little bit, a little bit less selfish um, in the next, in the next few weeks or so, you know, maybe start, maybe start getting the assists going before he starts scoring the goals. Uh, there, there was a lot of times over the last few yeah. games where, where he's he's messed up a lot of our attacks. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, um, he's clearly uh, he goes on sprints for half the pitch, um, and that's why he gets injured because he does do too much work and yeah, share the workload. Do a Keenan Davis, you know, pass pass off over to people, make your movements off the ball, make make the make the goals happen for your movement. Don't necessarily force something through. Um, I fully agree with that. I think you've explained that very well, Daniel. So, you know, you were digging your grave <laughs> at the start, giving it, to ninja, giving it to Ninja player. But I think you've bounced back very well from that. Bounced back very well, like I hope Villa do uh, in the next couple of matches after the international break. So we've got QPR and some of uh, uh, Sunderland coming up. Um, pointless preview those, but those are two teams Villa should beat. So, yeah, um, we'll come back to that after the, after those games. But I think Villa, that, that's six points, surely. 
Um, but then again, we said that this last time, didn't we? And we got beat by Sheffield Wednesday, Daniel. Um, any final thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, I suppose you know we, we, we just need to we, we need to we, we need to not overreact. That's it. You know, last night we took an L, but we will bounce back, right? You know, in the words of Big Sean, right? That's what I'm going to say. We've got a good squad around us. And what we need to do now is basically put a little bit more confidence in those players who are going to be coming in. You know, we, we, we saw a lot of we saw a lot of people saying we cannot change a winning team. We don't want these guys coming in. And I think we need to we need to stop putting too much blame on on a lot of these guys. A lot of them haven't had a lot of game time, uh, but now we're going to see a little bit more from them. Hopefully, Chris Samba steps up to the plate. Hopefully, Callum O'Hare gets some game time now as well. You know, all these injuries have, uh, you know, have, have put us in a little bit of a bad place, but we, we can't overreact about it. That's the reason we have a squad. That's the reason why squads are, 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 are full of 24 to 25 players and not just 11. Um, and, and, and that's all I'll say, really. I think we're going to see some new faces and maybe somebody else is going to kick, so, kick in some form. Hopefully Jack Grealish as well comes back. That's something to look for. Yeah, I mean, to. we had a question about fitting Jack Grealish in, and I, it's hurting my fucking head to be honest. Thinking about how we we, we sort the team. I don't want to play us as as us in football manager, mate. I don't want to. No, replace on him. Yeah, I know, but it's just there's just so many. You know, I can sense the arguments coming in football manager about all the players being pissed off with me because I'm not picking them. There's uh, <laughs> too many players. There's so many players, mate. So many players that we have. And uh, yeah, uh, Villa really, you know, final wrap up. Villa need to find their identity now about John Terry, and that'd be the big story going forward. And yeah, that that's it from us, I think. Uh, a Villa very much without their their identity and their leader need to find out who they are, and hopefully, it's who they are turns in a few points uh, come winter. But yeah, uh, where can we find your work again, Daniel Riser, for the listeners? Uh, yeah, okay, sure. I mean, just uh, just to reply to you there, man. First of all, like, yeah, I mean, find our, find ourselves. Right, I thought yeah. we were having a gap year in the championship. We seem to be having two gap years in the championship now, man. Maybe that's a uh, maybe that's what finding ourselves all about. But uh, if you do want to find my work, um, it is available on Twitter at dhraza. I do put most of my links up there, um, and of course, you can tune in to me every Saturday morning on Sports Talk on British Muslim TV. Perfect, yeah. Make sure to tune into that. Uh, Daniel has been enjoying his broadcasting work uh, lately. But yeah, please leave us a review. You can, uh, you know, at us on Twitter, mention us on Twitter, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts or anything. Reviews do help. You know, that feedback does help us because, you know, we know what to discuss and we know what to talk about and we know what to include. Um, but yeah, as for me, uh, James Rushton, at Jamo Rushton on Twitter, and Daniel Raza, that's it today. We'll be back with Hopecast 120 in the international break. Catch you later. Goodbye.